0: Welcome to For Good Measure, an interview series celebrating diverse composers and other creative artists, sponsored by a grant from the California Arts Council. I'm Nanette McGuinness, Artistic Executive Director of Ensemble for These Times. In this week's episode, we're joined by Gabrielle Elena Frank, who we spoke to in June 2021. Thanks so much for taking the time to chat with us. And congratulations on your 2020 Heinz Award. How has your heritage shaped your journey as a musician? And how are your compositions rooted in your multicultural, multiracial identity?
1: Um, I, like a lot of other musicians, saw a lot of our livelihoods wiped out entirely by the pandemic. And to have this kind of recognition was really life-saving. Uh, some of the money went into my academy. I, I split some of the proceeds and I started a small academy, the Gabriella Frank Creative Academy of Music for emerging composers like myself that feel that we can't split our voice from our identity, our cultural heritage. And It's in every note of every piece of music that I write, even if it's not ostensibly on a Latin American theme. I mean, I'm a Latina 24 hours of the day, seven days a week, so I can't really get away from it. I think it has been important for me over the decades that I've been doing this is to constantly evolve and to even be surprising in how I'm drawing on my heritage so that while the voice may be consistent, the themes I may, may draw on or the instruments that I might write for keep evolving as my own skill sets get better and better. So it my heritage and, and my exploration of what it means to be multiracial, a middle-aged woman, a Gen Xer, uh, composer, partially disabled, it's 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 a complicated package of traits and attributes, and I think it's very American. I think that's what's so wonderful about this country is being able to be surrounded, if we're open to it, surrounded by a multitude of life perspectives. So it's important for me to continue what I started when I was a teenager, which was exploring what it means to be Gabriela Lena Frank. You've created
0: so many wonderful initiatives from GLF CAM to your different music series. Could you talk more about the inspiration for them and what you're hoping they accomplish?
1: So GLF CAM, or the Gabriella Lena Frank Creative Academy of Music, was formed out of mainly an instinct at its impetus, which was that during this time when I, I came up with this idea to form a small nonprofit. The timing was during the election of 2016. And if if one throws their memory back to this time, this was when we were in the middle of a really divisive election. And it was quite shocking to see how awful the national discourse was, was becoming. And I was part of that group of people just increasingly dismayed and really worried about how things were going to turn out. And during a cross country trip that my husband and I took in the car, we drove through really economically depressed and culturally depressed areas of the country where I could see why certain kinds of messages that were so divisive would make sense or would be appealing. Um, And we experienced some really, uh, one significant awful event of just out and out racism and hostility. That changed everything for me. And I realized that I had to do something different other than enjoy a good career as a woman of color and in a field that does not recognize a lot of accomplished women of color. And that came to me, well, we have a large home now, having left the Bay Area a few years earlier, and I can open up this house for my younger siblings that are coming of age and create a safe space for people all demographics, multitude of aesthetics in various stages of emerging, whether as a student or a young professional to create music together. And if this is out of my house, then I can handpick the people, both the composers that would be mentored and supported as well as the performers who would do the mentoring and playing and premiering of their music through workshops. And that simple instant over Four years was still a pretty young organization, but in just four years, we've been able to become a force, a recognized nonprofit in the classical music world, and have started commissioning, have started uh, opening the eyes of my composers even more to community work. And I realized that ultimately, what I wanted to do was to provide models for my composers and open up some doors for them so that they could have a holistic life as an artist. That they're not just producing music for a new music series but they're also out in the community and they're known and they can do uh, teaching in public schools while they have a gig from Carnegie Hall, while they are part of a climate action initiative that brings together artists. And I think it's really teaching my composers how to be nomadic and to go into a bunch of different realms that are not necessarily the ones that are talked about in the music schools. Um, And I I think this is what's gonna bring classical music more into the 21st century, is being open to different voices and and open to different avenues other than a storied concert hall to, to deliver our talents.
0: Out of curiosity, is the room behind you one of the GLF cam rooms?
1: Oh, so where I'm filming here, we're doing some renovation work at the main house where we live. And uh, I'm a freelance musician with two mortgages. We bought a fixer upper and we spent a couple of years fixing it up. So this is one of the bedrooms with the, um, we commissioned these really beautiful bunk beds. This is a queen bed and a single nice. on top a young female carpenter in the area and then we got some nice woodwork done here so this is the so-called Mark Twain room because this is the kind of wood that Mark Twain would have seen in his lifetime. We have a Bruce Lee room with Asian wood and we have a Jimmy Cliff room as in the reggae star with the kind of wood you would see in in, uh, in the Caribbean's and, um, so this is where the composers stay when they come for the residency. Sometimes we put the performers instead here and It's been uh, super useful. So this is my temporary office until the renovation work is done up at the main house. I did my
0: best not to giggle when you said the Jimmy Cliff room. (laughs) I love it. That's great. Outreach is a major part of your work. What was one of your more memorable experiences?
1: I've done a lot of different types of outreach activities from the time I was in, in college. Some of them were more long-term and involved actual relationships with people, and others were one-off kinds of events that were stewarded into existing into existence by somebody that was contracting me, whether it was a composer in residence somewhere or um, just visiting for a weekend for a concert of my music. And I think that you sometimes don't know when a moving experience is going to just come into your life and one that was part of my my time with the Detroit Symphony not too long after they declared bankruptcy so I was there composing residence from I think it was 2013 through 2000 through the spring of 2017 was in the last couple years of that residency I started dropping in as a guest with the music therapist at Detroit's Children's Hospital and I'd never been in a company of sick children like this. And these music therapists were incredible and they took care of the doctors and nurses as well as the kids that often were going through such hard times. And, and there was a lot of sadness in that place and they were really trying to bring in joy and they were considered very important by the nurses and doctors because children had children have fewer inhibitions. So, A pretty piece of music might actually get their numbers up on their medical charts. That they really respond well to uh, happy events and joyful events. And there's there's still children, so music therapy was really seen as truly therapeutic for them. Uh, I just remember some of these children still that I would go and improvise on a keyboard for, and we would do little songs and talk to them and speak with the parents. You could see the gratitude of the parents that we were coming in and just trying to brighten up the kids day. And uh, I remember also really being grateful that there are members of the Detroit Symphony Orchestra that were coming in and they're taking off their professional hat and take, putting on a humanitarian hat, which can be really hard for us to do. We feel like oh, this music's beneath me or these people couldn't tell if I played a long note or in tune or 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 not. And we need to step outside of that role as much as possible. I think it, again, will make us more relevant for the 21st century. And this experience with these little kids was one of the harder experiences I've been through, but it it really, it was transformative in many ways too.
0: That's great. You know, music has such power, you're right. And if we're only in the concert halls, then we're not part of everyone's daily life. And then that space gets taken up by other kinds of music or other arts. So I think what you're saying is absolutely correct. Thank you for listening to For Good Measure. And a special thank you to our guest, Gabriella Elena Frank, for joining us today. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to our podcast by clicking on the subscribe button and support us by sharing it with your friends, posting about it on social media, and leaving us a rating and a review. To learn more about E4TT, our concert season online and in the Bay Area, or to make a tax-deductible donation, please visit us at www.e4tt.org. This podcast is made possible in part by a grant from the California Arts Council and generous donors like you. For Good Measures, produced by Nanette McGuinness and Ensemble for These Times, and designed by Brennan Stokes. With special thanks to audio engineer extraordinaire Stephanie Newman, remember to keep supporting Equity in the Arts and tune in next week for Good Measure.